just listen to the old pork chop express here now and take his advice on a dark and stormy night when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down in sheets thick as lead. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. joined as always by Brentley Bush and Brent. The beginning of the season, the opener has come and went. We are now one week in the books in the Stinky League. There has been a lot of developments here, a lot of things to get into here, Brent, but where do you want to begin most? And we're off here, Jay. You know, week one is most popularly known as you know, the victory laps, the, the, we're going to serve up the hottest of hot takes and we're going to, you know, break down all of the egregious overreactions that are going around in the league. And we're going to try and dissect all that and, you know, give you something that's a little bit more digestible than, um, than just all of those hot takes and overreactions here. So speaking of heating up, I will say the, uh, the good old feedback corner this week definitely heated up uh, on week one, as we kind of suspected once once we had some real game action. So let's get let's get right into that. And now that we have some feedback, we have this Frankie's feedback corner. Hey, yeah, this is Tony here with Booby's Table Repair. Yeah, I'm looking at the table here; it's dry and got a lot of varnish on it i'm waiting to see how it looks when it's done but i'm realizing you got some major cracks here in all five legs of the table honestly you can take it back but i'm thinking you might need a whole nother table to be honest this one is no good this one seems real i don't know seems seems like a piece of crap table i'd go maybe to ikea get yourself a better table or something call me back 1-800-GO-FUCK yourself all right guys we'll see you wow brent all right well there we go we have our 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 first wow. unprovoked shot at the table here and i think this one is pretty funny because this one actually came in last week the day before gus edwards blew his knee out now if that is not bad karma fucking you right in the in the butt right there 
talking about the table having cracks, and the next day, boom, looks like you got cracked in the mouth. Talk about your all-time backfires. Wow, I did not know the timing of that, Brent. You said it, though, shots fired by the commish. Uh, I mean, this is uh, obviously we didn't speak about this feedback call. I don't know if this was a kitchen sanction. I don't know if the kitchen is taking responsibility for this terrorist attack via the, the Frankie feedback hotline or if this was just an unprovoked uh, incident by the commish booby himself. But you said it. You don't want to provoke the fantasy gods. And it looked like yikes. He got stung bad in that Gus Edwards uh, ACL tear, which was just, I'm sure, a stunning uh, display to see at Ravens practice with two guys tearing ACLs on back-to-back plays. Ouch. We could probably get into the ramifications of that on his lineup a little on a little later on in the show, but right off the bat, it looks like, Brent, we have a new uh, character this year, Tony's Table Repair. Well, I think Tony's Table Repair actually made an appearance late last season, I recall. It was, okay. it was like, oh, I want to say like week, like, you know, 12, 13, somewhere around there, maybe like 11. But I do remember Tony's table repair. And it's it's kind of crazy. The uh, the 1-800-GO-FUCK-YOURSELF phone number, I, I feel like if I called that number, I wouldn't – do they have like a little system? Like press 1 for Tony's table yeah. repair. Press 2 for Peggy from Live Coalition. I feel like that number just gets thrown around a lot. And I, hopefully they have a big menu there to, to direct you to the to the service that you want. Yeah, he probably has it outsourced to some like call center in India, and it just kind of re- they redirect it from there. I I think. Well, speaking of call centers in India, let's get <laughs> to the next one. Hi, yes, this is Apu calling from CBS Sports. Um, this message is for Mike Booby. Um, Mr. Booby, um, I have looked over the scoring settings, and unfortunately, we do not offer a bonus category for the paper champ. Um. Sir, I I'm a, I'm a, I apologize, but right now it is not something that we support. Um, I will bring it up to our product team, and I will let you know if we can get this fixed for you. Okay, thank you. Come again. All right. So we have a poo checking in, and he was unable to uh to implement the uh, the paper champ bonus that uh that booty was pounding his chest about. It sounds like. I guess we get to the bottom of it, Brett. Um, you know, there was obviously, which we'll get into some more of that uh, here throughout the show, some CBS challenges with uh, the scoring system. Oh, for oh, Wait, we have another one coming in. It, I think it's from Apu at CBS. Hold on. Hello. Uh, this is Apu calling from CBS Sports. Um, I'd like to formally apologize to the Stinky League uh, for the fuck-up in terms of your league scoring. Um, I do apologize. I was trying to give Mike Booby additional points for the Paper Champ Award, and it broke the whole scoring. I am sorry, but thank you. Come again. There you have it. You called it. You called it. There it was. That that was the problem. It was trying to put the Paper Champ into the scoring system. Just uh, just destroyed it. I we, we got to the bottom of it. I mean, the crack staff of stinky researchers here at the Stinky Cast. Uh, Brent, we typically get to the bottom of these things. So, uh, you know, I don't know how who forwarded us the Apu call, but we got uh, to the bottom of that. So hopefully uh, there won't be any more complications with that situation moving forward throughout the rest of the season because that really stunk. I don't know about you, but it, that, that really affected my game day watching pleasure. 
I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. It it really really sucked the wind out of uh, out of the game day experience. I wasn't even looking at the scores. I just kind of just bailed on it after a certain point when I realized it wasn't going to be fixed. And I just kind of actually it was kind of actually relaxing. I just kind of sat back and watched Red Zone, and enjoyed the games, checked some stats here and there. But um, you know, without without any real scoring to to worry about, it, it just kind of ignored it for the whole day, and that kind of sucked. To to be honest with you, like that's not ideal at all and i think it really took some energy out of week one so you know hopefully that's fixed moving forward and we can enjoy you know a full slate of scoring this upcoming week absolutely a poo stay on it stay on it all right we have another one here and now we have some game day action hey this is commish booby here just wanted to say real quick that uh week one is a great week with my friends here you know love it Love everybody here this week. Um, I do want to give a special shout out to uh, Brent and Stover. I hope both of your teams die in an airplane crash. Um, I'm on fire! I'm on fire! Outside of that, I will admit right now I did scap myself with the Matt Ryan-Justin Herbert connection, but whether I win or lose this game, I'm still in the game. As they say, EA Sports is in the game. Another mm. unprovoked attack on, for some reason, wishing my and Stover's team to die. <laughs> I mean, not even get injured or blow out an ACL or something. He's straight up wishing for our entire teams to perish by plane crash and some oh. cartoon fiery voice that he was doing there when he should have been as he mentioned, a little bit more worried about his um, his own lineup there because, you know, I saw something in the WhatsApp chain and I think I did a little finger point to it, but I was I was wondering I was waiting for a follow up there on he claimed he mastered the QB carousel, and you know <laughs> we have a little recap coming up where we'll point out that mastery, but I just want to you know kind of dog ear this for later and and we'll get back to that part part, but also when he started doing the ea sports thing i, I was like when, when he got to a i was like holy shit is he gonna do an eagles chant <laughs> well he stopped himself shy of that eagles chant but but yeah you said it i mean i i don't i think he must have been on the sauce when this call was made i would imagine obviously uh i don't really even know the logistics of like how would all of your players specifically get on the same plane? I mean, none of them are on the same team in real life. I mean, I don't know how that would work. It sounds like he's going for league villain. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, dickhead twenty twenty one here with these uh, with these two calls he's got coming in here. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put him in the lead so far. I'd say so. He's he's prolific on the feedback corner too. I mean, do do we have any more of Booty on the way? Uh, we're gonna have to find. We're gonna have to find out. <laughs> this sounded like it came in like pretty early in the day. So if you think he was done there, you're probably wrong. Hello, this is Sandeep. I just talked to Apu. Apu is trying to blame Booty on the scoring. Let me tell you something. It is not up to Booty. Okay, Apu and this white guy Steve. Steve, who thinks he's Mr. Techie guy. Let me tell you, Steve fucked up your scoring. Okay. 
not a pool. I know a pool. I was hanging out with a pool last night with the hookers and the joy. We were hanging out. It is not a pool's problem. It is this guy, Steve, who's trying to come in over the top and make all the rules. So don't blame Booty and don't blame my friend a pool because it is not their fault. I just want to tell you, if you have any questions, you call me, personal cell phone, 1-800-GO-FUCK-YOURSELF. Thank you. Well, the CBS... The CBS shots fired back from Sandeep at CBS blaming white guy Steve for the issues. Wow, Steve, I don't know what to say. We know that you are out here for us, CTO of the Stinky League. I I think I speak for everyone in the Stinky that we thank you for all of your efforts. And obviously we don't blame uh, the Indians and their malfeasance uh, in wherever they're at, Bangladesh or wherever we've outsourced. CBS call centers and, and tech, technical uh, support too. So I just want to go ahead and support my guy, our guy, CTO Steve. Uh, I'm not going to take this sitting down. I'm going to pen a sternly uh, written email later on and send it to Sandeep on Steve's behalf. Yeah, that, I think that might help the issue. So there's a lot of finger pointing back and forth here in CBS, and I just want this shit fixed, to be honest with you. Ditto. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Hi, this is Peggy from the Jew Lives Coalition. We have a request here to Team Booby about a trade for Travis Kelsey for some of your bullshit players. Uh, Mr. Booby would like to say no thank you as he sees his player score a touchdown. And uh, quite honestly, Mr. Booby, excuse my friend, said your players are a bunch of... And he doesn't want any of them. So if you would like to call us back for any clarity here, the number is 1-800-GO-FUCK-YOURSELF. But I think we can consider this matter closed. Thank you again. This is Peggy from Jew Lives Batter. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. There. I'm going to have to bleep that one out in there. Yep. Wow. Wow. He went there, Brent. He, he, he took it back. This is a throwback. This is a throwback call from... Maybe like two, three years ago. Uh, yeah, we're I, gonna have to get some some beeps there, some censoring going on in here. I mean, he he seems like he's really he, maybe he really warmed up to the Jew Lives Matter name because he's like he's still rolling the Jew Lives Matter thing in in this season. So maybe maybe he misses it a little bit. Maybe maybe he's longing for the Jew Lives Matter. Obviously, he's still very involved. Uh, he still you know works with Peggy obviously on on a consistent basis. Um, and, and wow, yeah, I, I think what we can really glean from this this feedback call is that Booty is not feeling any uh, early season trades for Travis Kelsey. Well, not for Travis Kelsey. We can talk about the other trade, but uh, I don't know <laughs> who this is directed at, really. Like, I don't know who was trying to get Kelsey from him. There's really no clarity here. There was no, there was no indication of someone trying to get Kelsey in the WhatsApp, so seems like he wanted to get something off his chest here, but was kind of indirect about it, the shot. I, I don't know. I don't know who this is directed to. So we might have to do some investigation to find out who is trying to get healthy. Yeah, I think, Brent, I think I might know who it was. And I, I don't know. Do we have another call possibly maybe targeting that individual? Hello? Hello? Mrs. Stover, is Michael home? Uh, he's not. All right. Tom, his old friend, Travis Kelsey, came by uh, that I was upset that he didn't that he didn't draft me this year. 
And uh, honestly, now I'm with Booby, and it's a much better situation. He's much cooler uh, than your husband, Stover. He has more energy. And uh, honestly, uh, I'm with Booby now, and uh, we're going to win this game. So thank you, and uh, sorry, Stover. Sincerely yours, Travis Kelsey. Wow. Jay, did you notice a steep drop in energy <laughs> from the, the previous calls to this call? Like, I, I would have to check the timestamp when this came in, but I, I don't know if, like, the, uh, if his team's performance uh, for the day was, like, sucking the life out of him or, or something, but he, he sounded – maybe he hit the – maybe he hit the, the wrong strain of weed, and he was, he was just real slow and, and slurry on this one. Yeah, it definitely was a subdued call. Um, uh, you know, like maybe it was like, yeah, maybe it was late night. Uh, maybe, you know, even though the, the Apu algorithm was, was maybe trying to light up that paper champ thing that, that, uh, that Apu's call uh, had highlighted earlier. I don't, think, I don't think that algorithm fully went into effect because I think he might have been losing the game even with, with the, uh, the affected scoring. So maybe that kind of trickled in and, and affected his energy level. Uh, but, but Brent, I think this might kind of help us get to the bottom of who was potentially targeting Travis Kelsey in trade offers, maybe. Yeah, it sounds like it was probably Stover. And so I guess this is probably, I mean, you had mentioned that you wanted like a little, a little insider info on what went down with the, with the trade that happened with him last week. And I feel like this is all tied together here. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about this, Brent, because obviously the two people that I would expect that would least be talking trade together <laughs> would be you and Booty. And when I saw the the notification come up in in uh, you know the my email, I was like, now what? How did this actually come about? Like who approached who? How did that conversation take place? Like walk us through, walk, walk our listeners through it, Brent. All right, all right. So I guess uh, I gave it like an hour after the injury news broke. And, you know, I kind of realized, hey, this might be a trade opportunity. You know, I, I have some running backs to offer, blah, blah, blah. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, sucks about Gus. Are you interested in a trade? And he seemed he seemed pretty quickly responsive and open to it. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, how about uh, Tony Pollard? And I was like, uh, you know, too valuable as insurance for Zeke because I have Zeke. So it's my handcuff. Mm -hmm. Tony Pollard is probably if not the best handcuff in the league, top three. So that's that's pretty valuable, you know, and especially based on how he did, how he did last year. So, you know, I, I wasn't really keen on on trading my uh, Tony Pollard at this moment. So, so I told him he could he could look at some of my other running backs or whatever. But I, I told him right off the bat that I was interested in CD Lamb. Now he immediately fired back that he didn't want to trade any of his core players. He basically just wanted to do some kind of nickel and dime trade to try and fill out, to try and basically get a bench running back, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't understand why that was his route to go in. I also didn't understand why he didn't go after any running backs in that Wednesday night fab run, because had he acquired some decent running back depth in that fab run, he wouldn't have been in such a pinch when Gus got hurt the next day, literally. So, you know, a lot of confusion there. I expected him to go after, um, Tony Jones Jr. Uh, you know, I was like, that's probably mm -hmm. my most valuable bench running back. But he immediately pivoted and went, well, if I can't have him, can I have Chris Evans? And I'll give you one of my bullshit bench receivers. And I was like, look, I don't even want one of your bullshit bench receivers that you're just going to drop on Saturday anyway. So, like, let's just cut the bullshit and give me 
25 million in fab. You know, I started at 25 knowing full well mm-hmm. that Booty is going to negotiate me down. I mean, that's just how this is going to go. So, of course, he was like, 25 is too much. I'll take Chris Evans, but I'm not giving you 25. I'll give you 15. And I was like, how about 20? And he was like, how about 17? I was like, fine, book it. I got my money back that I was fined for the stupid overdraft bullshit at the draft. And he gets a running back that I guess he wanted for his bench as a potential stash for later in the season or whatever he wanted to use him for. And that was it. Done deal. Now, I do know that while this was going on, I was talking to a few other people in the league while this is all going on. And he was offering the same bullshit receivers to other people to try and get um, to try and get a running back. And, you know, I think I think he probably did that to Stover. Now, when Stover called his ass out on the WhatsApp chain for offering some bullshit to try and get a running back, I think his pivot move was to try and and try and take the offensive at Stover for trying to get Kelsey to make himself look a little better. That's my diagnosis of the entire situation. Wow, that I'm you know that that's an interesting. I love to see the dichotomy of these trade negotiations or discussions or whatever you want to call them. Uh, definitely an interesting insight into seeing uh, you and Booty uh, specifically negotiating. Um, you know, Brent, I, I for one, I, we could talk about this in the recap later on in the show. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the commission is doing here with the running back situation, what his like long term outlook is. Um, I don't know if, you know, possibly he might have another plan coming. I don't know, maybe in the in a reading from the book of Elijah, maybe. I think I know what you're getting to, and that is going to lead us right into. That's right, folks. We have Elijah's prophecy fab party. Elijah is predicting it's going to flood wetness this Wednesday night for our first fab party of the season. And I got to tell you, Jay, I mean, all indications here from everything that I'm reading and from just looking around the league, I think this one is going to be monstrous. Brent, I think, honestly, could we see someone use, like, all of their fab? Like, could have we, like, this could be the biggest fab bid we've ever seen in the history of fab. What is the biggest? I think it's like 161. I feel like. There was it was somewhere around for some reason that number sticks out in my head, but it's it's somewhere around there. I feel like like it, mm-hmm. it, it was definitely triple digits. And and I got to tell you, like, if I don't see triple digits at this fab party, I will be completely shocked because here's the deal. There's not many players that jump into a fantasy season that can have not only an immediate impact, but a long lasting impact. And I think that's what we have here in Elijah Mitchell coming in as the completely James Robinson style running back who was on nobody's draft board. And he comes in, Trey Sermon gets healthy scratched. Yeah, mm-hmm. To get healthy scratched, you have to be the fourth running back on a team. And that's, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's, that's Weasel's second running back. So like, let's just, Let's just come up with like a, a usual suspects lineup here of who we think are, are going to really blow their load at this fab party and just get absolutely drenched for Elijah Mitchell. Brent, I mean, the list is long and distinguished. I mean, there are a lot of guys 
right now that are absolutely hurting in a major way at RB2. I mean, Booty, obviously, I mean, he's starting guys that are, like, projected to score two points. In, does, in Booby have, does Booby have an RB1? I, I would say probably not. Um, therefore, I think probably the commish has to be at the top of, of the, the list here for on the RB thirst meter, Brent. Um, I would say probably, uh, I don't know. It's probably, I, I would say Barco's in, in the mix as well. Um, Frank Tucci, I mean, none of these guys have really an actual RB2. I mean, they, they all need running backs. Yeah, so let's break down what we think the, the, the hierarchy here of who we think is, is the thirstiest for a running back here going into this fab party. It's got to be Booby at the top. It has to be Booby at the top. I mean, agreed. If he doesn't, if he doesn't just go absolutely bonkers at this fab party, just you know, absolutely crazy with his fab money, it's a, I, I honestly, it's probably a huge mistake because this is probably hit the one chance in, to save his his season as far as running back goes. Yeah, but Booty historically, I mean, he will spend a lot, but he, I don't know that he would be willing to spend like what it might take to win this bid. I don't think he's ever gone triple digits on a player like thinking back to the history of fab correct yeah i mean i i mean i might be wrong but you know we'll see we'll see if he has the balls to step up and do it this time but i you know i i haven't seen it i don't know if there's really any any other running backs out there that, that are even going to be worth his time i think this is i think this is a shot and he's gonna have to shoot his shot or deal with it um i would say next like you mentioned is, is weasel i mean trey sermon Elijah Mitchell just blew past him in the pecking order. So now he's got Trey Sermon on his roster. Can't really drop Trey Sermon because don't really know what the what, how he's going to be utilized moving forward. Like, San Fran is doing some weird things. So mm-hmm. is he going to outright drop Trey Sermon and, and go for Elijah Mitchell? Or is he going to try and obtain the entire San Fran backfield just in case because he doesn't know what's going on? And does he have the balls after the Kerwin-Williams Mm. fiasco where he was you know he's traumatized for years after spending so much on that running back and then getting nothing from him moving forward and you know elijah mitchell is kind of in the same carry uh category of being like a kind of off the grid no-name kind of guy so will he be a little gun shy to to make a strong move for for this one in this fab party we'll see but those two definitely at the top need they're at the top of the thirst the rb Thirst meter brought to you by Frank Fernandez, thirsty internet hose. So speaking of, I would say Frank is in this list coming in as third. I mean, his running back situation is not that great. I mean, let's let's take a look at it real quick. But he has Saquon. I mean, Saquon, you know, didn't look great on on Sunday. So I, I mentioned it in, in the recaps. He needs Saquon to really step up and he didn't yet. And his backup option is what? Uh, Philip Lindsay. He has great receivers. But then after that, he, he took a stab at Le'Veon Bell. But Le'Veon Bell wasn't even active for the Ravens. It looks like they're going to use Tyson Williams and you know Latavius Murray in some kind mm-hmm. of muddy uh, committee approach. He's got to back up a true handcuff for somebody else, for I think uh, Durazio's running back and Alex- Alexander Madison. Correct. And then and then he's got Saquon's handcuff and Booker, who you know, barely even saw the field. And then he's got Lenny Fournette, who he has a lot of affection for, but that's, you know, the last I saw today before we recorded was that the, the coaching staff there still is going to start Ronald Jones, even though 
he had that fumble and hit the doghouse early um, on Thursday night. So I don't know. I, I kind of see Frank as a competitor here. We'll see. And, you know, he's kind of a wild card. I could see him just going all out for Elijah Mitchell, just hoping for like, like, a, like a legitimate number two running back there. Yeah, I think, Brent, it boils down to – I think you, you, you nailed it with the top two guys on the list here would be Booty and Tucci. But then I think probably the third spot is going to depend on, like, whose RB do you like better between Barco and Franks? Like, do you like James Conner better on Barco's bench or do you like Leonard Fournette on Frank's bench? Because essentially those are their number two running back. Like, those are their RB2s. Like, not a great situation for either one. Uh, neither one of them, like, a consistent number one, maybe not even – I, I guess a committee. I guess they're like a co-one possibly on their teams. So this is going to be Barco's first fab party. So Correct. We, that's another wild card. We don't even know what his, you know, what his willingness is to just get absolutely drenched at one of these fab parties. You know, like, is is he going to pull the trigger on a big fab bid? Or, I mean, you, like you said, I, I think they're about even in, in need between, you know, Frank and Barco in terms of what they need there at the running back position. So I could see those two playing a big part in this. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Bar, I mean, Aaron Jones had a dreadful game, but everybody in a Green Bay Packers uniform did on Sunday. So who knows if there's going to be some regression to the norm by Aaron Jones. Uh, for, in terms of Gio Bernard, he started Gio Bernard. Like, that's not going to be a consistent starting play this season. I mean, if week one is any indicator, that's not even a flex play. So... I mean, he's got Boston Scott on his bench who who posted the zero spot. And then Connor, who, I mean, he did get a decent amount of carries. I mean, he only he had 53 yards, no catches, no targets in the passing game. I think he ended up with maybe 14 carries, which is actually a, a pretty healthy amount of carries. And it looks like, you know, unfortunately for me, who has Chase Edmonds, it looks like Connor might be like the, the short yardage slash goal line back. So like, you might get like a weekend here or there where he gets a touchdown. He's going to be very touchdown dependent, obviously. Uh, I don't know. Barco, this is just not a good running back situation at all. Um, Brent, this is going to be a soaking wet fab party because all these guys desperately need Elijah. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said about the Cardinals, uh, I don't know how much value the goal line back has for the Cardinals because I feel like Kyler Murray is probably True. their best goal line option that they have. So, you know, I mean, Connor, that was that was a blowout game. They were they were destroying the Titans. So if there's any game where James Connor is going to get his his heavy workload, it's going to be in a blowout win. And if, if all we saw was what he got, I don't know that that that's that seems like the upside. I don't know. That doesn't seem like a high upside. So Agreed. I, I, that's a fourth person that we have now that are going to be at the MVP bottle service table for this fab Ooh. party. All right. Ooh. And then I would even throw in I might even trickle in a little guest appearance for maybe a couple table members. I think Steve Durazio and Bags might even take wow. a look at that table and maybe reserve a spot there. Wow. You know, I'm looking at Durazio's running back situation right now. And like Durazio had a great week this week. There's no doubt about that. No questioning it. But, like, quite frankly, his running back situation is not very good at all. Like, he started Kareem Hunt, which, like, I mean, it did provide uh, – it did prove to be a pretty good start. I mean, and we'll go through this more in his recap. And then he's got Gordon – Melvin Gordon on the bench who, 
I mean, look, it looks like a good end of the game line, but it's 100% due to 170-yard run, right. which, like, is a total fluke. So, like, and I like, I like Williams to seed that starting spot by the end of the year. So, I mean, Gordon's probably going to be at best, like, a, maybe a split-back situation by the end of the year. And he's got another split-back as Hunt in his, in his other in, – in his two-slot. I mean, you're right. I could see Durazio even having the big week here. I think – and Durazio is a guy – who will not hesitate to tear that shirt off, talk to a huge fat uh, member of Troy, and <laughs> throw like an ungodly like 125 million bid out right now. Yeah, just just to throw a, a, a you know, like a monkey wrench into the works for the for the team for the players that he knows are going to be going after that running back. Like he he's definitely one to get a player just to keep him off the enemy's team. Agreed. I, I do agree with that. Um, that is a, a prime Durazio move. So, I mean, Brent, this thing, this is going to be a weird wild bit. And that's why I say, like, the, look at the usage of him, too. Like, look at the other backs on, on San Francisco, like, compared to, like, the usage that he that he received. Like, coming out of nowhere with no prep, basically. I mean, oh, like this. I feel like, I'm telling you, top, most – most bit uh, 170. You're, we're gonna have to see 170 million if you want this guy on your squad. I think. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to at least go high, like you know low to mid triple digits to to secure this running back who such a valuable role in the San Francisco running offense. I mean, those players they just churn out productive running backs in that system. So. And and I I mean I feel like they have a pretty good matchup actually uh, you know the Eagles I, Eagles showed up uh, this past week and uh, they really shut down the Falcons so I think their defense is um, is actually not to be slept on but we shall see when when a team like San Francisco comes in but you know I gotta say th- this is the play this is gonna have to be the play for at least four teams maybe five teams at this fab party agreed. Now, now, we did bring up Durazio, and, you know, something else happened in San Francisco, and it was the mysterious disappearance of Brandon Ayuk, who, I, honestly, I thought was going to be a great player this year, and he got the Dante Pettis treatment, it seems like, coming out of the gate. So maybe Durazio is, is actually going to smokescreen for Elijah Mitchell, but maybe pivot more to a wide receiver that, that may be at the fab party in the, in the uh, Denver Broncos uniform. Yeah, Brent, uh, courtesy of my guy, Jerry Judy, who was looking to have a robust season uh, leading the Denver Broncos in targets, catches, and yards when he looked like he broke his ankle in half, uh, you know, with about eight, nine minutes left in the third quarter. Luckily, it looks like maybe hold your breath, knock on wood, a high ankle sprain might be back maybe within four to six weeks. I don't know. We'll have to see. But in the interim, Teddy Bridgewater did look like a pretty healthy quarterback and was really, you know, making some good throws throughout the game. And you're talking, obviously, about one of the two guys that will be, you know, getting to uh, spell and replace my guy, Jerry Judy, uh, for as long as he's out. Uh, And I don't know. Maybe we'll see some bids on one of these two guys. They're both available. Yeah, I'd say they're probably going to come in in the in like the two three range in terms of pecking order at this fab party on Wednesday night. So 
with the Ayuk news or with the Ayuk situation, I should say, uh, you know, maybe he's looking to uh, bolster his wide receiver core. He did have Christian Kirk come out of nowhere with a two touchdown game. And who knows if that's if that's going to hold up. But other than that, you know, his his wide receivers aren't really, uh, you know, aren't really that strong outside of like, uh, you know, Cooper Cup. He had Brandon Cooks have a nice game. How many games is Houston going to do that kind of work? We'll see. But, you know, I could see him being in the wide receiver game for this. But, you know, I think that kind of wraps up the um, the fab party details for uh, for this Wednesday night. So everybody, you know, get wet, get ready and, you know, cancel all your plans for Wednesday night and get ready for this Elijah's prophecy fab party. I know, Brent. I'm ready. I might be involved. I'm, I'm probably not going to be in on the Elijah part. I might take a little stab at a, a receiver or two. We'll see. I don't know. I'll be on hand. I'll be drinking. My shirt will be off. You know, I just basically want to hang out. So I'll see everyone there that is there, um, uh, Brent. And we have a packed show specifically. Uh, we have a packed uh, segment coming up in our next block. So we're going to kind of just take a little break here, catch our breaths, get a sip of water. And look, CBS, uh, we went through it a little bit here uh, in the feedback calls. CBS kind of burned us, took away our energy, uh, kind of affected our game day watching pleasures uh, with all of their scoring issues, which were unfolding. But they're going to kind of pay it back now and and try to make it good. They're coming on board, and they're going to sponsor the Stinky Cast this year. They're going to be a sponsor all year long, so we want to give them a shout-out, get a word from them. But join us right after this quick word from our sponsor because Brent and I have a lot to get into here. We've got game recaps. We've got HSSR rundown and more right after this. Sick of the same old accurate fantasy scoring? Are you looking to add a lot more math and confusion into your football Sunday? Or maybe you would like to be left completely in the dark as to what your score even is. Well, sign up right now for CBS Fantasy Football, the premier site for fantasy football site fuck-ups. You thought you had seen it all when we launched our premature fab run two years ago, but that was just the tip of the iceberg, folks. This year, we are going full speed ahead with scoring results that will make your head spin faster than a weasel setting his lineup. Get your TI-82 calculators out as we completely abandon your league scoring system in favor of a system that barely takes into account any player's stats at all. Use promo code 3SCREEN right now for 20% off your league's fees and get a bonus week of inaccurate results Sure to have your league confused and bewildered as they try to figure out who won all season long. CBS Fantasy Football, run by triple screen Indians, but catered for you. Welcome back in Stinky Nation. Welcome back and many thanks to CBS for sponsoring the show. Brent, that sounds like an enticing and an intriguing uh, little fantasy football scoring breakdown there. Yeah, I mean, that's basically where we all were this past this past Sunday. So 
we all got a taste of it. So, you know, lucky us, we were kind of like the beta test for their new um, their new feature that they're they're rolling out this year. I mean, I know everyone in this league loved the the Fab debacle that they rolled out that one year, where where they, where they they jumped the gun on Fab on like a Tuesday night. Exactly when the when the Fab snake was born, that that was that that day. So, yeah, luckily, hopefully, CBS can uh, maybe get some of this excitement that we had to you know put up with all week maybe we can get that out to the masses and they can kind of join in in all of the thrill and grandeur of not knowing what the fuck the score is for the entire sunday <laughs> yeah it was just just a fantastic sunday that they set up so you know big applause for cbs for just rolling out that hot new feature loved it all right, all right. So I guess now it's time we uh we spent a we spent a big chunk of time on that fab party. So let's get into the week one recaps here, and we will also, you know, um go into our pick results here as we as we made our picks as usual. But we can we can kind of tally that up at the end and get right into the recap here. And you know, I'll let you I'll let you kick this one off. You can pick the game we start off with. Ooh, I get to pick the game. Well, why not? Pick. Why not pick the tastiest, sauciest, wettest game of the weekend? The highest scoring affair. Uh, honestly, I hate. I, I know Durazzi and I have a contentious relationship. I absolutely hate to see him lose this game. Uh, when you when you have whatever a top two or three week uh, scoring week, you should win this game. But. Let's go ahead and, and see exactly what happened in this one. And TJ, which neither of us liked TJ this week, uh, nor did we like his team in general. Uh, we both picked Durazio to win this. You had a lock on Durazio. And lo and behold, TJ explodes out of the gate with the highest scoring week uh, of, the, of the entire league th- this week with a 165.6 spot. Brent, where do you want to start on this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't wrong in my thought process here with thinking that Durazio was going to have a big game. I think the, the major, I mean, Russell Wilson with 38 was kind of expected. You know, he, he usually, mm-hmm. Russ usually cooks. You know, so you know the rest of his roster, he got, he got a zero from Gesicki. I'm sure you love to see that, but I think the big outlier here was that 40 point effort from Debo Samuel. I had, I, I did not see that coming in a million years with 189 yards fueled by that 79 yard play where there was like two Detroit defenders there and they looked like Keystone cops just falling all over the place. It's third and long. Pressure coming. Garoppolo hit as he throws a wobbler down the sideline and it's caught. Debo Samuel with the catch and trying to turn on the Jets. He'll take it all the way for the touchdown. Letting him run down the field for that big touchdown. And that was pretty much the the big difference maker here. Aside from the saints, just obliterating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and getting that 15 points. I mean, the rest of these results here on TJ's team were kind of expected, except for the fact that Derrick Henry did kind of nothing with nine points. Yeah. I mean, you highlight is actually 20 by the saints, uh, a crazy, I can't, I don't just don't, don't know what TJ was even thinking starting the saints and then they get him 20. Uh, yeah, you're right. The big swing in this one, obviously, Ayuk with zero, like you, we we just spoke about uh, before in in the Fab segment. But then the guy on the same team puts up the forty. That was that was you're right, a massive swing. Their quarterbacks kind of offset each other, and I mean, TJ Gesicki's himself. 
getting the zero spot, the goose egg from Gesicki, and he leaves 29 on the bench from Gronkowski. Obvious, it's just so bad, Brett. Obviously, next week, he's going to start Gronkowski, who will have like four points, and Gesicki will have 30. You can, you can take <laughs> it to the bank. But TJ with a great uh, week one outing. Obviously, Durazio with the new uh, kind of scoring parameters we have with HSSR still has to feel good with putting up nearly 160 points in week one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy that the highest scoring game of the week featured two rosters that had a zero in them. I mean, how does that even mm-hmm. happen? You know what I mean? Just absolutely crazy. But like you said, the Ayuk disappearance and Debo explosion, that, that kind of worked hand in hand. And it just tipped the scales towards TJ. I mean, I had TJ probably like the lowest uh, HSSR output for the season. And he comes out storming to the top of the list, which we'll talk about in a minute. And just destroys Durazio, destroys my lock. Thanks a lot, TJ, for that. Oh. So I pick up a little uh, – I, well, I don't know that – we both had Durazio, so I don't really gain anything here, but you lose your lock. So, and, so, I, so I got that going for me. So you got that going for you. Uh, so next up on the, uh, on the slate, we can go into the – another um, kind of like high-scoring game here, and that is the, uh, the – your game – versus Schwarz. I mean, you put up a nice, respectable 143 and had the Fab Snake nipping at your heels on this game. Yeah, the Fab Snake had a good week. Um, obviously, this one, I did pick up a game because I picked myself. Uh, that, that's a rare occurrence. and you picked, never happens. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You picked the Snake. Uh, the Snake did get uh, a pretty uh, butthole puckering 32 from Lockett. I was hoping it didn't get any worse. Second down and 20, final minute of this second quarter. As Wilson fires downfield, Lockett, he's got it! Touchdown! His second of this first half, wow. 69 yards! Other than that, a decent week from the Snake. Uh, for me, you know, I, you know, I'm pretty encouraged by this performance. Like, it honestly just a pretty average week. I got Brady, obviously, maybe a little higher than I'd be expecting, and Swift had a good game. Other than that, I looked through my guys and I'm expecting like more than what all of them did. At least, at the very least, just is what they did this week. So you know, I'm yeah, kind but, of. I mean, you have to look at it this way. I mean, I I would have to look around the league a little bit, but I think you're the only team in the league that had double digit scoring from every from single everything. position in your lineup. Right. Yeah, so yeah, that's, it's that, a very that, balanced. Yeah, it was a very evenly balanced, uh, you know, scoring game by me. Um, I think obviously I would have got a lot more from Judy if he didn't get he, you know, had six for seventy two and he had half the game left basically. Um, you know, other than that, like I mean, you know, Woods was a bum most of the game. So you know, I'm I'm kind of encouraged with with my team's performance. I'll take one forty obviously in the win. Uh, the the snake had a pretty decent game. I think. Obviously, you know, if we're looking at a, at a, at a, at a major uh, possible turning point, like the Bills going for two points against the dreadful Pittsburgh Steelers uh, is, was a surprise to me. Um, well, I mean, yeah. most are getting hurt early in the game and getting only two points probably cost him the W here. Yeah, I think, you know, looking at it, that I could I won, watch with Judy, though. with Judy, right. I won by 12. So if, and Judy would have eased, I mean, he would have had probably 10 catches easily over 100 yards at the way that game was going. Um, 
So, you know, but Mo, and Mostert's in a committee, but he probably would have had at least 10 to 15 points. So I still think I, I likely, you know, if Judy doesn't get hurt and Mostert doesn't get hurt, I likely win the game regardless. But, um, you know, well, uh, congratulations on your first win with Tua on your roster. And, you know, 18 <laughs> points, Brent, I don't know. I'm not now I'm not going to be happy with that output on Tommy's buy. So I'm expecting like at least 30 against uh, Houston on Tommy's buy. So I'm just going to slide that out there. Well, he gets Will Fuller back. He's actually on, on Schwartz's bench here. So maybe that'll uh, up his production level a little bit. But um, we can probably move on to the next game here. And uh, I'll go over to the also high scoring on one side, the table boy Spross versus Princess Barfo. Princess Barfo in his first game in the league only can put up 86 points, has a few players to blame for this one. But I said it coming out of the draft. Spross is going to explode on at least like five or six people's faces this season. And Barco is the first one that caught that. Yeah, Brent. And this, and this is what I'm, if we can contrast it, if we look at, um, you know, my, my, my game, like none of, I didn't have any like significant, like explosion break. Like I didn't have any breakout performances by any single player. Like Spross's team as explosive as it is. Look, Tyreek Hill is not going to catch 200 yards in a 75-yard touchdown every game. Adam Thielen is not going to have, you know, 27 points every game. Like, Spross had some, some unusual performances here, but you're right. He does have that potential to erupt. I think Kansas City was pretty much held in check most of that game, but that there was like a three- or four-minute span where it just like all turned. Like Mahomes had like two touchdowns in three minutes. One of them was like the 75-yarder to Hill. In 50 games, and he's only at 47 games. Passing yards. He's being chased as he heaves it. Down the bay, and the man is there. It's Hill able to get away from John Johnson, who was in the locker room to start the quarter. And he crosses the goal line for a one-play strike from 75 yards. As soon as Cleveland took that nine-point lead, you feel comfortable? I mean, it just all flipped a switch immediately. Uh, he gets the two touchdowns from Chubb. A pretty decent game, I think, from Chubb. Just about probably what he would be hoping for uh, on average, about 20 points. Um, you know, Spross has a top, I thought, a top three team coming into the year. So this, does, this score doesn't necessarily surprise me as much as Barco's team, like, I wasn't necessarily, you know, high on his team, but woof, this is a bad performance in week one. And Brian, I'm looking over the score right now. I'm looking at the team. Like there are blue downward cold arrows all <laughs> over this guy's team. And then when I get to the bench, it's like red checker, like health checks, like an I, two IRs. Like, I don't know where this guy turns. I mean, welcome to Stinky League. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> yeah, I think there's better days ahead for uh, Princess Barfo here. I, you know, he had a lot of under, underwhelming performances, and I think uh, this was just a case of having a, a bad first week. I think that happened to a couple other teams. So, you know, you don't want to judge too harshly on just one week of performance. And, you know, I see a lot of players like Aaron Jones with 3.2. That's not, that's, that's not going to be a consistent score. But, you know, in this one, on Spross's behalf, I mean, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill alone beat Barco. Correct. Which is crazy. And that's the explosiveness that's going to that's gonna really propel Spross's team this year. So I think we talked about enough about this one, but we did get a little bit behind in the picks. I had Barco in this one. I got it wrong. You had Spross and got it right. 
I had Schwartz and then one previous to this, and you had yourself. So you are taking a nice little lead here. We'll tally it up at the end, but we can move on to the next game, which will be the Bags versus Frankie Freak Squad game. And Bags, after, you know, he, there was a lot of shit being talked on Bags. Like I myself even ranked him pretty low coming out of the gate. I said a lot of things had to come together for him. Gary comes in the WhatsApp out of nowhere and just relentlessly trashes Bags' team. And what does Bags do? He comes in and blows the doors off of Frankie Fernandez's team, 151 to 110, with a huge finger-licking W from Jameis Winston. Well, I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. Sometimes you don't want to overreact to, to one game, but, like, sometimes, you, you know, you can maybe see some trends. Uh, in terms of bags, he had a great week. But speaking again, I'm, this is a theme I'm sticking to. Like when I'm when I'm looking at certain games, like what are these are these performances sustainable? Like when I look at Bags' performance here, I mean I don't necessarily see sustainability. His bench was putrid. Like he has like six points or less from everything on his bench, and then practically like his entire week. His output came from Jameis Winston and Amari Cooper. Do I think Amari Cooper can score 36 points a week? No. Do I think Jameis Winston is going to have five touchdowns and no interceptions every week? And, and I mean, Brent, before the fifth and final touchdown, which was 50 yards, he had 98 passing yards. Like, are we going to see a game where a dude can get 98 yards and four touchdowns, then have a fifth touchdown on top? I don't know, like, how sustainable these performances are. But for week one, bags, take your hat off, take a bow, shove it in Gary's face, and enjoy it, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, there is there is some, you know, things that could actually turn for bags in that Antonio Gibson only had 10 points. He only got 18, 18 points out of those two running backs. I think there's better days ahead for those two. Did have a huge game from Amari Cooper, and you know him and CeeDee Lamb looked apart in that Thursday game. And you, you know I was I could very well be wrong, and Cooper could have a huge wide receiver one season this year. And you know while Winston wasn't that efficient in terms of yardage, you know you know that that script could flip, and he could put up 303 touchdowns, and I wouldn't be surprised moving forward. You know what I mean? So I think he does have a little bit of sustainability here, and. You know, I think there's some guys that could prop up the other guys that that um that didn't perform this week. And you know, Bags might be a player. Watch out for for Mad Dong 2021. He could be <laughs> on the move up. He could be on the move. So watch out. But one note about Ben Roethlisberger, I wanted to point out while we're looking at Bags' team, a little stat that I uh, that I came across that Ben Roethlisberger attempted one pass further than 20 yards down the field. His average air yards per attempt was 6.13. Now, that is, that's pretty gross, and that's going to affect Deontay Johnson moving forward, and it's going to affect pretty much all the Steelers. Pass catches, Juju, uh, Claypool, all those guys, and Ben Roethlisberger here on Bags Bench. Now, you know, a little spoiler alert, I play Bags this upcoming week, and I took mm. a quick peek at the lineups, and he has been in. We shall see wow. if he commits to that. So we, we shall see. He might be playing a little carousel here with Winston and Ben. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about those matchups later. I just wanted to throw that stat out there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, Brent. Obviously, neither of us like Pittsburgh, any of the Pittsburgh positional players this year. And uh, if the Bills have a good defense, but if one week is, 
is going to be an indicator of things to come. Like the Steelers look exactly like what we thought they would look like. Yeah, more on that in a bit. We have a couple more games coming up where that's going to actually uh, come up again. So we can table that for now and move on to the next game, which is Bo- the the bad gay booby versus last chance Rustle game. And I, you know, they they have their big yeah. bet. You know, a lot of uh. A lot of, lot of talk back and forth between these two, and they, you know, went head-to-head the first week, and last chance Russell pulls out with a 10-point victory. The reason why a 10-point victory is significant is because, like I said earlier in the feedback calls, the master or the so-called master of the QB carousel started Matt Ryan, which was... I didn't understand this all day. Didn't understand why he was going with Ryan. He did it right after the draft, put him in his lineup, and was like, I'm starting Ryan against the Eagles. You know, lack of dis- you know, total lack of respect for the Eagles there, for uh, any Eagles fans that are out there listening, throwing Matt Ryan in, and, and not Justin you know, Herbert. But, you know, from what it looks like, Justin Herbert had, oh, let's see here, 11 more points than Matt Ryan, and Booby lost by 10 points. Ouch. That is the sick burn of the week. Oh, Brent, you can't see my face right now, but it was locked in cringe face the entire time (laughs) because I knew exactly where you were going with that. I mean, oh, woof. I mean, I can't necessarily say, oh, I don't know. It's hard when you have like an undisputed number one guy. Like I understand playing, playing positions and playing matchups. If you have like maybe close guys, um, but when you have like an undisputed, like top player, you know, like, do you get into like playing, you know, positional matchup battle kind of things again? I don't know. Like it, that was a tough call to make. I didn't necessarily disagree with it when he made it, but obviously it does ultimately cost him the game this week. Um, honestly, looking at this, th- this game, like just an absolutely dreadful quarterback battle by both of these teams, like <laughs> 7.36 points to 1.32. Maybe, honestly, like the worst game I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play. Yeah, well, you know, he had a 36.8 passer rating, and the Packers were held to three points. Both numbers are the lowest in NFL history for a reigning MVP in his first game the following season. Yeah, that's now, and I do want to point out this did happen last year. I got, I think I might have got negative points from him one week, the week they played Tampa Bay. Um, we're not saying he can't bounce back, but a lot of things did not look right uh, with Green Bay, specifically him, his demeanor, his energy level, like nothing looked right. Uh, so that is a potential concern for Russ moving forward. Uh, other than that, very little to be concerned about for Russ. I think, I mean, he got. Probably what, you know, a, just a marginal game from McCaffrey, a pretty decent game from, from Kamar, probably about what he should expect from both of those guys. A marginal um, game from McCaffrey. He had like 200 total yards. Correct. But I'm saying <laughs> 20, 23 points. I mean, I, I think yeah. probably he's, he's hoping more for – that's probably an average game. I'd say he's probably hoping for about 23 to 25 a game from McCaffrey, maybe get some big blow-up like 40-point games here or there. Um his receivers, as we talked about, they're pretty they're pretty weak, I think. Kind of kind of proved that that to be the case. But he does find a diamond in the rough with Tyson Williams potentially, uh, who had a pretty big game in his debut and gives the ball to Williams right through the middle. 
Forget about the first down. How about a touchdown? 35 yards for Tyson Williams. Welcome to the NFL. Now, he ends up not leading that team in rushing as uh, Murray did end up leading the team in rushing. So it looks like he still is going to be in some kind of a committee running back carousel kind of thing. But he looks very explosive and and very uh, ripe to, to do some things and contribute here on this this roster, which he really doesn't need much to contribute if Aaron Rodgers can score more than one point moving forward. I think that's going to be the anomaly in Aaron Rodgers' season. So, you know, to come away with 119 after that kind of performance, he's got to kind of be kind of happy that he that he uh, that he got away with a win and and, you know, made it through Rodgers' probable worst game of the season here and just move on to the next week and discard of bad gay booby who just like you like we said, made that huge error in his lineup despite having good games from Kelsey and Lamb. I mean, he didn't he didn't even pass ten points from his running backs. Sony Michelle had two running yards. You know, if he if he's gonna be a usable piece, it's not gonna be early in the season, it doesn't look like as Daryl Henderson was a clear number one running back. So Booby has his work cut out for him. I, you know, I don't know how far he's gonna go with with what he's doing with I mean Latavius Murray looked like more like the plotter between the tackles running back and Tyson looked like the more explosive running back. So, you know, he's got some work to do here. And, you know, even Henry Ruggs didn't look like the, the top option. On, I mean, clearly Waller is the top option, but he didn't even right. look like the second option on that team. And, you know, who's, who knows what's going on with, with the Jacksonville receivers, but I thought Marvin Jones had a chance to be the better one. And I think he was this week. So, you know, we'll see. Booby doesn't have a lot of support on his bench either. I mean, mm-hmm. so he, he's got – I think he's got some work cut out for him. He only put up 109. Not, not a great week to say the least. So – I guess we can move on to what I think is the final game of the week. And this is probably also the worst game of the week. And it was my game against Weasel. I had the lowest score of the week, just coming out of the gate completely with flat tires here. And it just sucks that, you know, I let Weasel slip away with a one of those pathetic fraud 99-point wins. You know, I know you love those. Yeah, Brent, I, you know, Tucci, and look, I, I just say it like it is on this show. Like, I, you know, there's no alliances on the show. Um, you know, Tucci, like, he got a lot of cheap wins last year. <laughs> like, say like say what you will. Like, he won a lot of games uh, where his opponents didn't score a lot of points, and he's up to his usual tricks in the first week of the season, putting up only 99 points and still getting a win. I know Durazio has to be sick to his stomach sitting there putting up 160 and losing uh, even someone like Schwartz who got a ton of luck last year. So I'm not really feeling too sorry for him, but he puts up a, a healthy 135 and gets the loss as well. So yeah, he's, he's, he's up to his usual tricks. Uh, he really doesn't get much of contributions from anyone really other than Dak Prescott, who had a great game. It was a great start for Tucci though on that Thursday night. And I will say that Dak is back like 100%. Like, uh, to do that against that defense in their building on opening night, um, you know, with the Super Bowl, you know, festivities pregame, the juice in the air, like, for him to to light it up like that was very impressive. I think that Dak is going to have a big year this year. So, good for Tucci on that. But Well, speaking uh, of that speaking of that game, that, that kind of um, factors into the perfect storm of why I only put up 81 points this week, I feel like, is because two of my major contributors that I drafted – one of which Zeke Elliott and the other one, Allen Robinson, had the absolute worst matchups in the NFL for their position. 
Zeke Elliott going against the Tampa Bay run defense, not only were, were you know, are they going to stuff him, but Dallas completely abandoned the run game, and that fed right into Dak Prescott's game. They threw 58 times. You know, I don't know how many times. I don't, I don't think it's sustainable for them to throw 58 times a game. So I think that was like a one-game game script that Elliott basically was asked to do a lot of the blocking and, and not a lot of the the carrying and you know that's what that's what he did as a good soldier and but it didn't count for any fantasy points for me so not only that but Allen Robinson was matched up against you know a lot of people throw around the term shutdown corner and blah 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 I honestly I think the only true shutdown corner is the one that Allen Robinson got covered by and that was Jalen Ramsey all night yeah Brent I, I and I wasn't really going to spend too much time on your side of the equation because not to like gas you up or anything and again there's i don't i'm not i don't take it easy on you on on the show or whatever i just again like i just said when i let in with tucci like i just say it like it is like you're i i think this is a complete anomaly for you like i don't see like i wouldn't be nervous or sweating at all if i were you obviously like Tannehill is gonna is gonna move on from whatever the hell happened to him on sunday i mean you only get 16 from him like you said elliot has easily plays easily the most difficult run defense in the nfl and it was like a shootout the defense really couldn't stop tampa they were down the whole the whole game so not only you know is tampa a great run defense but game script wise doesn't necessarily indicate that they would be running i mean mclaren we'll see obviously not a good injury i love mclaren not a good injury at the quarterback position uh, in terms in terms of that, but we'll see. Allen Robinson's obviously gonna have much better days. You found looks like you have hit pay dirt with Jamar Chase. Like it looks that looks like it's gonna be a great value. Going deep, Jamar Chase. He's got it. Chase to the end zone. That's a Bengal touchdown. And then Harris, you made a good read there, seemingly as well. And you know you wouldn't expect a negative three points from your defense moving forward either. So um, ultimately, I think there's going to be way better days for you moving forward. Um, I think this I think, is just kind of honestly. I think even though I you know lost this game, I the the more I look at basically based on your breakdown, I think there's probably more reason to panic on the other side of the ball. I mean. Najee Harris had a really, really inefficient 45 yards. I mean, I think that was on like 14 carries, I want to say. Correct. So, I mean, like my fears about the the Steelers offensive line, like you're supposed to be able to run against the Bills and they couldn't clear any space for Najee Harris. Yes, he's going to be a volume back, but I don't know what that volume is going to be worth. And he's starting off like the CEH prediction that I kind of thought was going to happen over there. And with what happened to Trey Sermon with being healthy scratched, I mean, that's he was already pretty pretty banged up, not banged up, but just not strong at running back with A.J. Dillon being his other running back and, and Snell and, and Ahmed, I, you know, like I, I, and Fitzpatrick, you mentioned that's his backup quarterback and he's he's droppable at this point, I would suppose. Or, you know, I, I, w- I would assume that that Weasel is afraid of using IR. So who knows if he's going to actually try and use that. But, you know, I, outside of Dak, like what else? What else? I mean, George Kittle's obviously going to have some better days, some big games, and probably Ridley as well. But, man, there's a lot of other holes in this roster. I, I would probably be more panicked if I was Weasel. I mean, I, I would probably have to agree with you because will there be better days? I mean, San Francisco scored 41 points against a poop defense in Detroit, and it's still 
11.8 points for Kittle. Like that would maybe be cause for concern for me. And then we'll see what the Eagles are. Maybe, maybe they've got a great defense. We'll see, but that wasn't the expectation coming into the season necessarily. So to see Ridley and that whole offense struggle would be a bit concerning for me as well at this point. Matt Ryan does not have very good numbers outside of games that Julio Jones played. So, you know, you know, it's, it's like that whole chicken or the egg thing. Like did Julio Jones make Matt Ryan or, you know, like we're going to have to see, like, you know, I don't, that, that offense didn't inspire a lot of confidence coming out of the gate. And I'm, I, you know, even as an Eagles fan, I'm not, I'm not even sure the Eagles defense is that good or if the, if the Falcons are just that bad. It's going to be an interesting, we'll, we'll have to see what, what, what transpires in week two, but I mean, you, you definitely raised some, some good, uh, some good points here. And look, Tucci ultimately is pretty reliant on that Steelers offense. I mean, he's got like his top, his number two wide receiver, his top running back in what looks to be a very bad offense. Yeah, that was one big red flag that I pointed out right from the jump. And so far, the first week did not do anything to dispel that. But it's only one week. Let's not get too crazy about our overreactions and our hot takes. But this is the end of the pick the pick segment. But we kind of got distracted, got off the path. So I'm going to get us back on the path for our picks. Now, you had six correct when you include your lock that was Russell over Booby. So you had that game right. You picked yourself correctly. You picked PRB correctly, Bags correctly, and Spross correctly. The only ones you got wrong were picking me and picking Durazio. I was so confident in the perfect storm that I had up against that I did pick Weasel correctly, but I did pick Schwarz wrong, Durazio wrong, and he was my lock. Thanks a lot, Durazio, for locking that in. I did pick Russell correctly, but that's a wash with yours. Stover, I was incorrect. Bags, I was correct. And Barco let me down as an incorrect. So your record coming out with your lock is 6-2, and two, minus 3-4. and four. So we move on to the next week with those as the numbers. I like it, Brent. I'll take it. I, you know, as I was, I, I wasn't sure. I thought we were going to be fairly close, but I'll take, I'll take a little three, uh, you know, three point lead in the win column right now. Obviously I'm a massive loser and I choke in the clutch all the time. So whatever my lead might be, however insurmountable it might seem, obviously you're never out of it and you still have a damn good chance of, of winning that head to head pick matchup. I do love coming back towards the end of the season and can't make it and make it interesting. So don't get too comfortable just yet. All right. So we were going to do uh, an HSSR breakdown. And as I was like thinking about how we were going to break down the HSSR, I'm doing the numbers. And I realized that after one week, HSSR is basically just sorted by points. And that is your HSSR breakdown. I mean, TJ has one win and the most points, which makes him the top one win team, which gives him 14 points. And then he's the top point scorer, which gives him 14. So he's 28. And you basically just trickle down from there. So it's TJ with 28, Spross with 26, Bags with 24, Jay with 22, PRB with 20, Russ 18, Weasel 16, Steve 14, Schwarz 12, Frank 10, Booby 8, Stover 6, Barco 4, and me 2. There you have it. Pretty simple week one, honestly. There's really there's not really going to be much separation uh, or really need to drill into these like too much until, you know, probably like at least a month is in, is in the book. So like you said, at least like, at least like three weeks. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So right now just pretty, uh, 
pretty pretty simplistic. Um, you know, a lot of things are going to change, obviously, between now and the end of the season. So we don't really need to to dwell on on these rankings right at this point for too much time. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, it, it doesn't really tell the tale of anything right now, and that's actually pretty good for week one. Like, it it, it really shouldn't. I mean, it's it's way too early in the season to to really break down the standings. But I just wanted to start it off on the right foot and do the breakdown. And we actually don't really have to spend any more time on that. And we can kind of move on here. Fair enough, Brent. Um, well, you know, I'm feeling, I'm pretty parched right now. I could use it. I could use a drink. My mouth is feeling pretty dry, Brent. Um, and speaking of dryness, there is some chronic dryness, which has been uh, trickling around the league or alleged chronic dryness, I should say. So uh, we want to take a quick pause here and check in with a new sponsor uh, that can maybe get things lubricated up, get the wetness flowing again in your life. Um, so while we take a quick word from them, I'm going to get a drink, maybe splash some water on my, maybe my chest and face here, try to get a little wet. Uh, but join us at the other end of this quick word because uh, we just reviewed our picks, but we're going to make a new set of picks we have some highlights coming up for week two right after this, Stinky Nation. Do you try to convince your friends you're the best at sucking dick? Maybe you try to make bets with them that involve sucking each other's dicks. Have you found yourself adopting the same very specific rooting interests as one very, very specific man in your life? Can you identify a man by only seeing his abdominal muscles? These are all symptoms of the driest new disease on the planet, simply known as bad gay. Here at MAGA, we offer drenching, rehabilitation, and wetness therapy that will wash away all of those bad gay tendencies and get you on the path to making America good gay again. Try our award-winning new injection method that will boost your immune system with a bonus 5G microchip implant you may have heard about on Fox News. This proven FDA-approved method will ensure those bad gay demons are thoroughly exercised. So if you know anyone that has fallen into the dark, sad, dry depths of bad gay, it's not too late. Call 1-800-THE-TABLE right now for a free consultation on how to get them back on the right track. MAGA, making America good gay again. Welcome back in, Brent. Welcome back in. And I'm feeling a little uh, more uh, lubricated, a little less parched after that break. Uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm ready to break out my MAGA hat all over again. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah, I mean, I bet, I bet, like, up until this point in the show, Booby's like, well, you know, I got my shots fired off in the in the feedback corner and blah, blah, blah. And I, I got out clean. Well, uh, I don't know. That, that that sounded like it was a little bit of a shots fired right back at you, buddy. But, I mean, when that part about the microchip 
happened. I I I kind of lost my shit over here. So <laughs> excuse me if I if I sound if I sound a little parched. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm 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 all good. I got a I got a nice tall glass of water, and I'm I'm as wet as can be now after hearing that sponsor. That one was just whew, that that one's gonna blow the lid off, as they say. <laughs> well, that that I certainly enjoy. Like I said, I've got the MAGA hat, uh, some apparel. Maybe I could. I don't know if maybe I could send send it to you in the mail, and you can somehow squeeze an extra G in there for yeah. me with your design skills. Maybe. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get an extra. <laughs> I might have to. We might have to get that in the stinky store. An M A G G A hat. Make America good gay again. I like it. Keep your eyes out for the additional merch. Coming soon in the Stinky Store, maybe Stinky Nation. But Brent, uh, where do you want to get right into these? Pay- I mean, we've got some uh, some robust little picks to get to here. Some pretty uh, tasty matchups this week. We yeah, we do absolutely. And uh, you know, we ended with my game, so I guess let's just start off with my game here too. We'll do it almost kind of in like a reverse order here. So you know, right off the bat, we have a table showdown between Brent. Biden and Mad Dong Bags here. Wow, we've got a table on table violence game coming up right now. This, <laughs> this is this is you hate to see it. Hashtag H H T S I. Brent, I you know I write my picks down before we before we come on. Um, and honestly, I had bags over you written down, but now that I get in here and I see Ben. Fatless Burger has been installed into the front, into the into the starting lineup. I'm I'm dumbfounded. Like I don't I'm I'm reeling by this. I don't know what's going on here. I I don't know what he what Bags is doing. When I looked at this before, Jameis was in, so obviously he must be feeling Ben Roethlisberger in some capacity. I think I might just flip flop my picks uh, and pick you now because Ben Roethlisberger is his starting quarterback this week. And the Mad Dong 2021 is sneaky. I don't know if he's like toying with me here by like putting Ben in and then like switching it up. I mean, that's a Sunday game, and Jameis Winston is also looks like a Sunday game. So you know he has plenty of time to make this switch. I don't know what he's up to here. I don't. I don't know if if it's like a little trick. If he's just like kind of like sandbagging me. But you know, if I can only we can only judge the lineups by what they look like and what we can predict they're going to be in. And I got to be honest with you, I think I think the more hype he reads about Jameis Winston throughout the week, I think he's going to make a switch back to Jameis Winston. Now, CBS, I mean, I would assume he's not going by projections. Jameis has a 19 projection against Carolina. I don't I don't really see them as having a really great defense. I don't know where right. the I don't know where the 19 projection comes from. But, you know, let's say let's say he does have Winston in. Does that change your opinion of the game? So if he starts Winston, you would take bags. I yeah I wrote him down earlier, but I don't know what's going on here with his quarterback situation. Yeah, that's a tough one. So I mean, I'm gonna have to. Man, this is tough. I'm gonna take bags in this one because I think he's okay. playing a little game. I think he's playing a little game with his quarterbacks here with okay. with famous Jameis. He's got the shell game going on with you. Okay. Um, I mean, I also like picking you just because. I know you don't want to start out 0-2. I feel like your your squad might be playing with a little more desperation than his squad this week. So I, I feel his bags, he might be getting a little fat off that 1-0 start. You're 0-1. I think you want to get off the schneid here. So while I had bags originally, I think I, I'm feeling pretty confident with you right now. 
All right, so I got bags. We have a different one there. I do like several of my matchups this week a lot more than I did last week. You know, with uh, Zeke against the Chargers, Javante Williams against the, the Jaguars, and, and especially Ryan Tannehill at Seattle. Like that, that over-under is like 54. I expect that to be a high-scoring game, and I think that the uh, Titans had a week to work out the kinks. I feel like that was kind of a preseason game for them because, you know, between COVID and injuries, they, they all missed a lot of time in the preseason so they didn't really gel gel as a unit. Mm-hmm. So I think that might have played into it. So I think there's going to be – I think my, my team is going to actually bounce back a bit this week. But I do think Bags is, is probably going to um, take this one. So I got, I got Bags here. Okay. Where do, you want, where do you want to go next? All right. So next up, I'm going to have to take this one first. And okay. it is Frankie Freak Squad versus PR and DeButt. Now, we got the two, uh, we got the two foreigners going head-to-head in this one. My breakdown of this game, looking at both sides, I, I have to say that I think Frank is going to take down PRB in this one. It might be an upset pick. I don't. I, I'm not sure about the uh, the CBS projections on this one. I think they. I think they may have Frank a little bit favored in this one, but not that I look at those projections much. I just think that Frank has the better matchups on his side, and I think he's going to bounce back a little bit here, especially with DK Metcalf going up against Tennessee at home. And Antonio Brown going up against Atlanta at mm-hmm. home. Those are two matchups that I'm really looking at here. And your boy Skeleton, man. We didn't even get to talk about him doing the skeleton <laughs> dance. But I think Devontae Smith has another skeleton dance lined up for this week. You know, I this is my least. I put little, like, little uh, rankings of my confidence level in these picks. And this was my least confident one. Um, but I do, I did, I have Frank over PRB this week. I agree with you. I like some of the matchups here. Um, I think PRB comes back down to earth a little bit this week. And I think Frank, uh, like you said, capitalized on some of those tasty little matchups. Um, also Josh Allen was just, uh, he wasn't Aaron Rodgers bad, but he was bad on, on Sunday. I think he has a, a get well game this week too. And I think Frankie uh, evens his record to one on one. I got to agree with you on this one. Yeah, you know, I saw some things on PRB side of the ball that I just really didn't like. I mean, obviously Darren Waller was was just absolutely insane with those. I think it was like 19 inefficient targets with 10 catches. But you know, he does have the Washington football team over there against the Giants and Daniel Jones. Whew, man, is that guy absolutely trash turnover machine? Could be huge on the Thursday night game for. Um, for PRB's defense there, but you know Julio didn't didn't show too much, but James Robinson was the most confusing one. I mean, that guy got volume and did really nothing with it. Uh, you know, that was one of the guys he got caught price enforcing on, and you know it. I don't think he likes that that pick anymore right now. But like it was only one week, but they're playing Denver this week, so who knows? That's that's another tough defensive matchup for him. Um, I'm gonna stick with the Frank pick on this one. Agreed. All right, where do you want to go next? All right, next up, let's go to the Hey Stinky Schwarz versus the number one points leader, Wookie Castaway, TJ. This is my pick. And Brent, look, I, you know, I might, I, I might be just being a prisoner of the moment right now because we weren't that high on TJ coming out of the draft. But I'm going to be a prisoner of the moment on that 165 spot that he put up this week. I, you know, I, because honestly, while he got some, potentially lucky uh, breaks to put up that 165. Like you said, like when we did the recap, 
Derrick Henry, like he had a he had a pretty bad game. Like I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, Jefferson had a pretty bad game. I think he's going to bounce back. Mike Gesicki, what's he going to do there? I mean, that's a big hole. Gronkowski at home against the Falcons. That looks like a finger-licking matchup if ever I've seen one. I think Gronkowski gets inserted into the starting lineup. And I think TJ continues his torrent little early season start and gets the victory over Schwartz this week. Yeah, I mean, don't forget Justin Jefferson. I mean, I don't know if you saw the play, but he had what looked like an absolute touchdown. And for some reason, they didn't call it a touchdown. And it would have been like a – it looked like it was somewhere around like a 50-yard touchdown. So mm-hmm. TJ would have even had more points had they given him that long bonus touchdown. So, you know, I got I to gotta agree with you here. I'm going to go with TJ in this one. You know, Russell Wilson, I think, is going to cook in that high-scoring game. I think is going to happen in Tennessee. And, you know, I, I just trust me. Schwartz does not have a bad roster. He has Lockett, who could be the beneficiary of some of those Russell Wilson scores, as he was this past week. And, you know, he has some talent. He has updated his lineup from earlier today and now has Waddle in there instead of Mostert. Honestly, I think that happened while we were recording, because I swear to God I saw Mostert in there. But he now has Waddle in there, so he does have some potency on that side. I think Mm. this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think TJ is going to barely win this game. I could see it being another tight one for Schwartz. Unfortunately, he might lose another fairly high-scoring game this week. Maybe the luck is going against him this year where it was in his favor last season. Exactly. All right, so we have another what looks like another high-scoring affair and another close game, and I have to pick this one first, which sucks, but it's last chance Rustle against never-nude Stover. I mean, I think this is two of the highest projections of the week, and it's probably because they think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come out pissed off Monday night primetime game against the pitiful Lions in Green Bay. I mean, man, does anything what I just said not sound like an absolute blow-up game for Aaron Rodgers? 45 minimum. That's what I'm thinking, too. And that makes this game even tougher to pick because, you know, Stover has Devontae Adams. So, like, is that a wash right there? Does that even matter? Because of Devontae Adams? Because, you know, if Rodgers blows up, it's likely going to be because Devontae Adams had a big game. So, you know, I don't know if that's enough to propel Russ here, but then you have Christian McCaffrey against New Orleans. Now, New Orleans shut down Aaron Jones last week. Mm-hmm. They don't look like a pushover defense. But, you know, having two running backs in the same game, he hate has that. Kamara as well. <laughs> right. And I know you're you're outspoken about how much you hate that. Yeah. But, you know, that that could work against Russell. So, a lot of factors here making this a really tough game to pick. But I got to say, I'm going to go with last chance Russell on this one. Well, Brent, we can make it three straight agreements here after that first dissenting pick because what did I say last week? Russ is going to be 4-0. Like I, just, like, I could just feel him getting off to a blistering start. He, you know, only 119 last week, but that was with one point from Rodgers. Like I said, 45 coming from him on Monday night in that that game against Detroit. Um, I see Russ putting up at least 150 and getting, you know, I'm not going to lock it, but I think he might have a fairly easy win this week. Yeah, it's weird. You know, there's a lot of players in the same game here. There's like Chris Carson on one side, Gerald Everett on one side. There's going to be a lot of a lot of singular plays that determine the uh, the outcome the outcome of this game. I feel like. And I think they're mostly going to go on Russ's side here. I think um, even though, wow, Rogers has that little blue downward arrow. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I like, I like Russ. I think Stover's going to have a, I think he'll have a, a pretty 
like a decent bounce back game. Obviously, he had a pretty low scoring game in week one. I think he's going to have a, have a nice, uh, fairly high scoring game, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. All right. Now, this game coming up on the slate, I know you said you got real excited for the table on table violence <laughs> that was that was ahead. But I think you know where I'm going with this next game and you have to pick it first. So it is kitchen on kitchen violence here. And it is <laughs> the diary of a wimpy kid, Jay versus bad gay booby over there on the other side. What do you is this like the biggest conundrum week of your season? I mean, it's I. You always hate playing guys. Like I'm sure you're not like thrilled about playing bags. Like you, you hate playing like guys that you're friendly with. No, I mean we're friendly with everyone's friendly with each other. But there's some rivalries maybe that that spring versus some. You know, obviously some alliances. So you know, you you hate to play certain guys, and and I I obviously hate playing booty. I think I want to say one of the either last year or the year before was a really high scoring game between he and I, like, I, I think I won like one fifty nine to like one fifty seven or something like that. Um, yeah, I Brent, I'm going to pick myself in this game. I think my team is looking very good. I think I had very sustainable performances across the board last week, put up a healthy score. Now I do lose Judy. And honestly, it's not necessarily that I can't replace him in terms of like the depth of my bench. But it's that he was a defined start. Now I'm like grappling with who the hell do I put in for him? Like there's like two guys I want to get in there. Right now I've actually benched uh, Chase Edmonds who like wasn't terrible in week one. He had over 100 all-purpose yards. But like I don't know what else to do really. Gaston was probably my weakest performer in week one. But like he's got a nice matchup this week. So like. I want to put in Corey Davis and Landry. So I'm obviously going to scat myself here in some way, in some capacity. I'm going to screw this up. Uh, I'll probably juggle it another 35 times between now and Sunday and mess it up, obviously. But even with that, I still think just like I left some points on the bench last week, it didn't really matter. I think I have enough here. I think my team's going to come out and put up another near 140-point game. I don't know if Booty has that kind of firepower in his arsenal at this point in the season. We'll see, but I'm going with me. All right. Well, you know, this is this is just so hard to pick because, you know, of the the bedfellows that are that are involved in this game. But I mean, there's there's a lot on both sides of the ball here. That's kind of weird. Uh, just breaking down the matchup in general. And like, you know, Justin Herbert going against Dallas. I'm assuming he's not going to play a QB carousel this week and he's just going to go with the obvious pick here. Um, I mean, that's just that's just ask, that over under 55. That is just asking for a lot of points. But you have Eckler. So does he get involved in the passing game this week where he wasn't last week? You have Brady against Atlanta, which should be a, just an explosive game for Brady. I mean, Booby really – now, look, here's the thing. This is where picking before Fab, before the big Fab party on Wednesday night comes into play. Like, if Booby makes a strong play and, like, really, really helps his running back situation out, mm-hmm. you know, that could that could pot- potentially tip the scales in, in a close game like this. And, like – you know, that's another reason why he really needs to consider making a big play because, like, it could be worth a win like this where, where like, everything looks kind of close. But if, right. you just had a, if you just had a fucking serviceable running back, you could potentially win games like this. You know what I mean? So that's something that he really needs to mull over going into, into the Wednesday night fab party, whether he wants to get drenched or not. But, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a, a tale of the top and bottom lineup here. Like, the bottom of his lineup, like, he has you with Travis Kelsey, you know, I think he right. has you with CD lamb. 
I think he even has you at Stefan Diggs. You clearly have him in the running back. I think your your quarterbacks maybe kind of wash. And then we're down to the flex. And like you said, you might be scapping yourself. Dude, yeah. I got to be honest with you. I mean, you've now picked yourself two weeks in a row. I know. This, this cannot continue. This kind no. of this kind of like like love story with yourself. I know. I, 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 I just can't see how it can. I'm going with Booby. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to score 60 points this week, obviously. It's, <laughs> you can you can, you can write that in stone. I'm going to score 60 points this week and then pick against myself for the next 12 weeks in a row. Right. That'll just be the straw that breaks the uh, the, the scat back, you know. <laughs> so uh, I think we talked enough about that game. And uh, I think I have to pick the next game. The next game up on the slate is we have Princess Barfo versus... Weasel Deuce here, and you know CBS likes this as a close game. Um, you know I looked up and down the lineup. I I I really think that that Barfo is going to have a little bit of bounce back game. I really like that Aaron Jones versus Detroit matchup. I think they get a big lead, and then Aaron Jones seals it with some big runs. I mean we saw some big runs against Detroit this past week. Um, you know that was the that was Elijah <laughs> Elijah Mitchell. Uh, so I mean. You know, maybe Barco is the one that makes a play and gets Gio Bernard out of his lineup this week. But, you know, he has, you know, he has DeAndre Hopkins going against Minnesota, kind of suspect. I think Jamar Chase burned them uh, this past week. So, you know, they're very susceptible in their secondary. I think A.J. Brown had a quiet game, but he's playing Seattle. I don't love their defense. High over-under in that game. You know, uh, you know, a lot of things here are are, are tipping the scales for me towards Princess Barfo getting his first, and you know, there's a little backstory here um, between Barfo and and, uh, and Weasel in that you know he was there. He offered a bet out to Weasel about you know who'd win a championship first, and and Weasel cowered away into his little Weasel hole, didn't take the bet, and now we have a head-on head matchup. Let's see if maybe they make a bet against each other this week in this game after all that preseason talk. But I'm taking Barco in this one to beat the Weasel down. Yeah, this is going to be, I think, going to be a close game, as as CBS indicates. I'm not sure whether high or low, but I do. Hey, I forgot. I'm locking Barco in. Barco, Shit. don't let me down. I am locking you in. Damn it, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's up? Go ahead. I, I, too, have Barco as my lock this week. Oh, um, wow, we're locking down on the weasel this week. Just because I just see, I, I really see this as a close game. I think this is going to be a tight one. But the, the where I really tip the scales to Barco is that Aaron Jones bounce back matchup on Monday night against Detroit. I think it's going to be a big game for Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to be a big game for Aaron Jones. I think it's just going to be a big game uh, for Green Bay in general. So, like, I really I'm looking at at, at that. Like, if if Aaron Jones, I mean, hypothetically speaking. Like, I think Aaron Jones might outscore both of Tucci's running backs by himself. And then Barco has a better wide receiver situation as well. I think there may be a wash at quarterback. Like, I got to go with Barco here, and I got to use it. I'm not crazy about Barco's team here all of a sudden. So I want to use these these questionable locks early on, kind of like in survivor pools. You want to, like, when you can still redeem yourself – Use the, the the teams you're questionable on. Like, I'm questionable on Barco. I'm going to use him early and get him out of the way. Yeah, I kind of felt that way, too. It just seemed like the right spot. I don't know. It, you know, looking through all the matchups this week, this is the one I felt probably the most confident about. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying it's by a wide margin, but it was enough of a margin where I had to I had to lock Barco in. So don't 
let the stinky cast down, Barco. Lock it down this week. Don't barf on yourself again. <laughs> All right. We have uh, one more game on the slate here, and that is the uh, – let's see, let's see. Who we got here? We have mandatory black blowy Durazio going up against – it's table-on-table table violence part two. I know. Part and two. Not just table-on-table table violence. These two are bras. They're boys. They love each other. So, I mean – uh, this is this is gonna this is another game where I'm sure they don't really necessarily want to be playing each other. And look, I picked this one first, and I'm just gonna continue to be prisoner of the moment. Look, Durazio had a great game. This this, this is a matchup of two extraordinarily high scoring uh, week one uh, outputs. But I'm gonna stay with I'm gonna ride the hot hand of Spross, the table boy. Um, I think. While both of them might have had some unusual performances, at least bigger performances than can be anticipated, I think Spross's performances, by and large, are more sustainable, more predictable, that I think he's probably going to have another big, like, 145, 150-point game. And I think I see a little, just a slight bit of regression out of Durazio this week. Yeah, you know, there's some, there's a lot of weird things going on in this game. First of all, I mean, you have Kansas City going for Spross in that uh, – Sunday night game, that you know, the primetime game against the Ravens. Do the Ravens come out pissed off that they lost that game in overtime? Great game, by the way, that Monday night game um, against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. But, you know, do they come out pissed off? I mean, you also have three running backs in the same game. You have Nick Chubb, oh. Mark Ingram, who, by the way, we didn't talk about. Where did that come from? Yeah. He, like, he suddenly looks like a, like a solid RB2 for, for Spross. And then you have Kareem Hunt. On the other side of the, on the other side of the, that's three running backs in the same game, should be interesting to see how this pans out. I think Mike Evans has kind of a bounce back game against Atlanta for Spross, Tyreek Hill, and Mahomes against the Ravens. Not the best matchup. I don't know what to think of that. I mean, they they had obviously had some glaring coverage issues that they didn't have Jimmy Smith, the Ravens, and and they, they kind of like looked like they had a little bit of a weak link, and Spross has the Ravens. So now he has Mahomes and Tyreek Hill going against his own defense, and not to mention that Durazio has the Chiefs' defense in that game. Man, there's there's so many things going on in this matchup that's just head-spinning, making it tough to pick. I mean, Durazio has Brandon Cooks in that same game where all the running backs are playing. There's just there's just a lot of things going on here, and I honestly, I feel like it's it boils down to a coin toss. I had Durazio written down as my winner. I'm going to stick to it. All right, so we'll go with a little bit of a differential here. I'm going to go ahead and guarantee that both both guys will make a defensive pickup on Fab. I, I don't see either of them sticking with these two defenses. And, and uh, you know, on paper, you're right. The Ravens would concern me in, in, in terms of a matchup uh, from Holmes and Hill. But I do have to remind myself, Derek Carr just threw for 430 yards and two touchdowns on that defense. What might Patrick Mahomes do? Yeah, I mean that's true, but that you know that's you know I think the Raiders were fired up in their first having uh, fans in their stadium for the first time. I mean some of those, a, a big chunk of those yards came in that that overtime. I mean he right. he had he had an extra quarter basically to amount right. those passing numbers, and one of them was kind of just like a a broken play where they were expecting a run one thousand percent and sold out, and he just threw like a floater to a wide open receiver. So. Yeah, I don't know how much to invest into that Derek Carr stat line just yet on the Ravens. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call them a cook defense just yet. It shall be interesting, Brent. I heard what at least two differences, maybe three this week, or is it just the two? 
Oh no, we have um, let's see, three differences this week and the okay. same lock and the same lock. Right. Okay. All right. Well, it will be interesting to see if you can make up ground or if maybe I, you know, push my lead a little bit more and just make it even more humiliating when I predictably collapse down the stretch and you somehow either beat me or tie like last year. We'll have to, we'll have to see. I'm sure Stinky Nation will be eagerly watching out for that. But Brent, that brings us to the conclusion of 3.3. It was a great show. Uh, week one is now in our rear view. Um, I think you have a nice little uh, potential Sunday afternoon planned on the uh, rooftop. Is that right? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know, um, okay. things tend to pop up with Eagles game tickets kind of just appearing out of nowhere closer to game day. So that's the plan for now. It would be nice to have some people over and have the have the uh, TV up on the roof deck in a beautiful 80-degree weather day out, out in the sun with uh, some guys from the league. We'll see if it pans out. If not, there's always next week. There's always the week after that. So we'll see. Sounds good. Well, if that if that does come to fruition, I hope that you and whoever uh, else embarks on that journey with you has a good good time and a good safe time if you go to uh, Xfinity Live or whatever you guys call that little, little thing post-game. Um, good luck to everyone out there in Stinky Nation in their matchups in their games this week. Obviously, I hope uh, for as what I hope for every week, no injuries. Whatever happens, let's just keep it clean, everyone. Uh, and Brentley and I will catch you next week. Same stinky time, same stinky channel. Until then, though, Stinky yeah. Nation. Good night now. It's only right that I address this. Gotta be in it to win it. I never come lame type killing in the game. It's only right that I address this. Gotta be in it to win it. I never come lame type killing in the game. Uh, music. music raised by game when niggas ain't phased by fame come to the crib get bang they take your change stay in your lane grow back ain't the way of the game my brainstorm is like a stay in the rain my favorite was Kane. now i'm dope with weight in the game you was hot but can't stay in the flame ghetto pain and windows crack the fist is like a symbol for black you tell the real how the real in the act in the middle of whack my soul sticks to a track kick back records get kicked to the back i want big cribs and my man ronnie to get his child did a good school to know what a gift is it's global warming the world is shifted watching sweet 16 bitching that's rich kids who don't know it like you gotta go the distance whether yoga or dosha we all get lifted in the game it's only right that i address this you gotta be in it to, to win it I, I never come lame type killing in the game I never kissed the ass of the masses I'm the black molasses Thick and I lasted past these rap bastards They tried to box me in like Cassius Clay Hey, I'm like Muhammad when he fasted Opposing the fascists Made cuts and got gashes Scratches over third eyelashes Punchlines are like jab hits to rappers Whose career is now ashes There's too many slashes in his name Came in the game as gun clappers From weak rhymes to clothing line to an actress I seen them dash and smash hits I yell run nigga run While I cook the classics The weak hearted become Babylon puppets Making it hard for real hustlers Touch the sky now and then With a lady friend give thanks to the most That's how the day begins in the game <laughs> It's only right that I address this <laughs> Gotta 
music. I just wanna be like a killer and achiever from the streets of the side where some get hot for leisure, selling weed out of cleaners from rocks to barbershops and beamers. Chicks with blonde weaves and strong legs like Serena, the demeanor of the ghetto to never stay settled. All the men and corrupt men slay Pharaoh. Good bring business to the hood like Harold's five year olds walking by themselves in the streets. The young die of cancer. I stop eating meat.